Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. There's a piece from the Washington Post that is a must view. It's a must read, but it's a must view because it's so well put together visually. The headline is this, how the NFL blocks black coaches. Five individuals share the byline, including Michael Lee, who joins me right now. Hey, Michael, thank you so much. Congratulations on this piece. It's a serious piece of work. Yeah, thank you very much. And it's a total collaborative effort. Um, I was just part of it. And uh, we got a great series that's going to be unfolding throughout the course of this entire season. So this is just the beginning. 60% of the NFL black, three of 32 coaches. If my ciphering is right, that's about 9% of the coaches. And there's an enormous disparity that, that really has just never gotten better, right? Well, I mean, there was a brief period. I mean, it's, it's been 20 years since the Rooney Rule. And if you look at just the history since the Rooney Rule, four years after the Rooney Rule was instituted, instituted in 2003, you had Lovey Smith and Tony Dungy meeting in the Super Bowl. A week before that, you had Mike Tomlin being hired by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think there was a, a hope or expectation that things were going to change. And within four years of that, you had seven black coaches in there. You had three more who wound up uh, becoming interim. So in the 2011 season, you had 10 black coaches. So if you're just observing things through the first 10 years of the Rooney Rule, you're like, you know what? We're getting some things done. We're moving. Um, But in the 10 years since, uh, everything has moved in a really regressive fashion. And now you're seeing a situation where Mike Tomlin was the lone coach available uh, around uh, in February this year. Uh, And that was something that was unacceptable for a lot of these coaches, and especially Brian Flores, who fought a lawsuit against the NFL. Let's not take for granted that people know what the Rooney Rule is. What does it actually require? Initially, it just required that, um, you know, well, it's it's really more than just what we think. We think it's just that you interview a minority candidate for each uh, coaching vacancy. But really, what what Dan Rooney came up with was that he wanted owners to come up with a philosophy of what the organization was going to be about. And then in the process of forming that philosophy, you would interview a minority candidate to see if he fits into that philosophy. That first part has been completely scrapped. Now it's become sort of a quota for owners to just interview a minority or two. Now it's two uh, for, for a job. And, uh, and I think that's where the problems have begun, where it's become a perfunctory or something that they have to do as opposed to something that they would look to do or, or are encouraged to do or excited about doing because you get to meet more people and get a diversity of ideas. Um, Now it's just something you scratch off as a quota to move on to hire the guy you really want who's not a black man. And, of course, a lot of this came to light in uh, Brian Flores' lawsuit, right? Yes. I mean, he he sued the NFL. um, His frustration of what he believed were sham interviews that he had participate in from organizations that weren't serious about hiring him. And we're only using him uh, to sort of, you know, fit the need of having a black uh, uh, coach, you know, do an interview. And I think that his frustration, you know, unfolded, especially him growing up in the New York area in Brooklyn and getting ready to interview for the New York Giants. 
and then finding out that they had already decided who they were going to hire before he even stepped foot for his interview. And I think that when you look at the situation with him, he's the last, he's the first coach to win back to have back to back winning seasons for the Miami Dolphins in over 20 years. And he got fired. And you have to ask yourself, what is the standard? If, if winning isn't the standard, then what more do you want? And if, uh, and I think that's where the frustration lies with a lot of coaches because the goalposts keep moving about what the criteria are um, to become a coach in the NFL and to stay in your job. And in the last five years, especially um, up until this season, the, there were five black coaches hired uh, out of 37 positions. But of those five, only two were allowed to coach beyond two seasons. And so when you think about it, what kind of job are you getting? Are we place fillers? Are we just not even given an opportunity to build something? Um, and I think that when, when you see all that unfolding, it's like there's a problem here that we really need to address. Uh, maybe this lawsuit will open up eyes, um, but at some point something has to be done because in a league that's 60% black, you can't go around and just not hire coaches who look like those players, especially when there is an involvement and the dedication from coaches who are in a, a legitimate pipeline and just being ignored. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Michael, can I, can I tell you uh, the thought I had going into your piece? Going into your piece, my thought was, I can't imagine that these owners, these 32 owners, would be racist and not willing to engage uh, a coach of color when all they want to do is win. Like it would seem to me they, they would hire they would hire someone who's antithetical to whatever their personal views might be just to bring them a winner because winning's everything. But then, yeah, but, but the, wait, here's yeah. part two. But then I circle this part of your reporting and analysis. Quote, since 1990, black coaches have been twice as likely as others to be fired after leading a team to a regular season record of 500 or better. In other words, this is not anecdotal only what you're presenting. There's data that suggests a disparity in the way that a white versus black coach is treated based on their record. Yeah, yeah so there's that. And then there's also a disparity in the length of time that you spend 
uh, paying your dues, so to speak, as an assistant. Um, you know, minority coaches typically spend nine uh, more years as a coordinator or uh, a position coach or whatever before they get that, that chance to get to become a head coach. So you're facing an uphill battle just to get the job. And then when you get the job, even if you perform at a level that, you know, would warrant in most people's eyes an opportunity to keep on coaching, you get fired. And um, while your counterparts uh, who don't look the way you do are given a much longer leash. And so, and a lot has happened in the last, like I said, decade where you've seen um, coaches who are kind of given jobs that they really have no chance of really succeeding in and they really aren't even given a fair shot to try to succeed in it. But well, do you think it's subliminal or do you think that there's something overt going on here with these owners? Yeah, I think the one thing that we got to try to do is not look for a racist, but just look at racism. And if you look at the ism as opposed to the is, you'll sort of see that there are biases that people have that may be subconscious and some may, may be conscious. But I think that for the most part, a lot of these owners are of a certain age where their vision or viewpoint of what a leader looks like kind of reflects what they've seen throughout their entire lives. And if you're from money and you're from wealth, you're not exactly going to encounter a lot of black people in leadership positions. So in your mind, you can't even put form that as something as a possibility or something that makes sense to you because you've just never seen it and it doesn't make sense to you. So when you decide to hire a team to be the face of your franchise and lead of your organization, you're going to lean on somebody who depicts the image that you've grown accustomed to throughout your entire life. And for most of these coaches, I mean, most of these owners, they can't fathom that a black man will be that guy. Quote, as part of this project, the Post contacted all 32 teams seeking interviews with its owner or, in the case of the publicly owned Green Bay Packers, its top executive. Only one, the Pittsburgh Steelers' Art Rooney II, for whose father, Dan, the Rooney rule is named, agreed to be interviewed for this story before it was published. What did you learn from Art Rooney II? Well, I mean, the one thing about the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, he, he's the head of the diversity committee. So I, I almost felt like he had an obligation to speak uh, to us on, on this regard because uh, they've, they've been an organization that's proven that they are committed. Um, they have Mike Tomlin, who's been their coach for the last 15 years, and he's definitely earned that position by never having a losing season and winning a Super Bowl. Um, but they also, you know, they just hired a minority general manager, and they're an organization that doesn't just talk about their commitment to diversity, they're committed to it. So I think that um, there are examples of organizations that, that don't seem to have a problem with this, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being another. Um, they've had four black coaches uh, in, in, the, in the last uh, 25 years, so it doesn't seem to be a problem for them. But there are organizations to where this has not been a priority at any point. There's 13 teams that have never had a full-time coach and eight who've never even had an interim. And when you look at those numbers, you have to ask yourself, why is this the case? Why have you never considered uh, to, to try something different? 13, um, of, 13 and, of 32 have never had a full-time black head coach. Eight have never had an interim. Yes. Hmm. So, okay, what's the, <laughs> what's the fix? If, if 9.38% of current NFL coach, head coaches are black and 60% of the players are black, and there's obviously a disparity between the two. And there is a Rooney rule, although you point out with a lot of uh, a lot of testimony from people who have gone on record here and Brian Flores uh, that those interviews are often a sham. 
What's the fix? You know, that's, that's, that's the issue, you know, and that's one thing that I don't think that anybody has an answer to because you, you can even hear the frustration from people within the league office who have done everything they can to create a, a pipeline and a feeder system for black coaches. Uh, they've created uh, um, opportunities for owners to meet with black coaches and, and other uh, executives um, around the league so they can see that, you know, there are examples of people in, in positions who can do, do the job and do it well. Um, but it, it's hard to legislate changing someone's hearts and minds. And I think that's sort of where we are now. And I think the more you, you expose the problem, though, the more you speak out on it and you don't just let it be something that you discuss, you know, when the next hiring cycle comes about, then, um, then I think that's, that's really what you got to do. You got to put pressure, apply pressure and really expose what's happening. Um, because I think that's the one thing that we're going to try to do with this project. It's going to be a season long project where we're going to, you know, lay out different examples of what's going on and, and see what the problems are so that people can get the bigger picture. Too often we go through a hiring cycle and you say, wow, there's only been one black coach hired this cycle. What's the problem? And then you, you talk about it for like a day or two, and then you move on to talking about OTAs, you know, in the draft. And so um, once that story is done, the owners don't really care and um, and they keep it moving. But I think you got to really expose it and just hope that, eventually someone will see the light and that you'll see progress. Um, but going full circle to where you have one coach in Herman Edwards in 2002, and then you go full circle and come back and have Mike Tomlin 20 years later, we have one coach in the NFL. That's disheartening for a lot of guys who are committed to this game, love this game, and just want to see an opportunity for themselves or others because they know that many who come before them have never gotten that opportunity and they don't want to make sure that the guys behind them are in the same situation. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Michael Lee, final question. We're not giving it all away. I've linked to it in all my social media. People really, as I say, it's very visual. Tons of data, yeah. tons of data, yeah. graphs, charts, anecdotal information. It's all there. Videos. How, how how big a priority is it to the players? You know, honestly, uh, players are concerned about two things, winning games and getting paid. And if you're a coach who can put them in position to win games and make a lot of money, 
they're going to back you, whoever you are, whatever you look like. Now, I think for a lot of a lot of players, it does mean something to have a coach who looks like them, just for what it does, uh, you know, emotionally and just uh, in terms of representation. But overall, if you can put guys in position to, to win and make money, they'll rally behind you. And I don't think it's necessarily their responsibility to say, oh, I want a black coach and we need more black coaches because they're not the ones making the decisions anyway. The, the pressure and the spotlight needs to be put on to the 32 team owners, um, you know, who and, and see what they need to do to, to, to right the situation. But players' objective, their careers are so short. That, you know, they, they only last four years. Um, so you can't expect them to be activists and also try to uh, pursue excellence on the field. Okay, but a final thought from me. But th- those are the same objectives that the owners have. They want to make money, and it's a behemoth, as you point out. I think somewhere in here I read that of the 100 biggest TV shows of 2021, 75 were NFL games. Correct me um, if I'm wrong. But don't those owners yeah. simply want to make money and win? Well, they are making money, and that, that's really the thing. You know, the thing about football is no matter what, uh, you know, uh, faults you find within, you know, the NFL, it's like putting a, a, a cake in front of a fat kid. You know he's going to eat it no matter what, no matter what the, it took to, to get on the Mike, table. Michael, I'm, Michael I'm, laugh, I'm laughing. I don't know if you're allowed to say that anymore, but I'm laughing, just so you know. <laughs> Hey, thank you. Sorry for anyone. I don't mean to offend anyone, but that, that's the case. I, I mean, I'm just you're, you're, you, yeah. yeah. And these are these are these are NFL fans love chocolate cake, right? And, and the NFL is giving it to them every week, and so they don't care how it's prepared, they don't care what it tastes like or what it looks like. Just give me the chocolate cake, and they're, they're, that's the product they're giving. So there's no need to ever hold them accountable. Totally get you it. Make yeah, and that, and that's really the position that owners are in. So. They're not really being forced to change because no one's asking them to. All right. And then the people who are demanding it to them are being ignored. You're staying on this. So the Post is going to continue to pursue this issue all season long. I'm I'm going to continue to follow it, and uh, uh, hopefully you'll come back and talk some more to us, okay? Sure. Yeah, that would be a great story running um, uh, next uh, on the Rooney Rule and just how that's unfolded over the last 20 years. And like I said, we're going to try to touch it from all angles, from all aspects. We're going to try to put the spotlight on ownership and – and everyone else so that people can understand that this is why we have these problems and hopefully people can make up their own minds about what can be done going forward. But uh, this year, just with Brian Flores suing the NFL and the fact that Mike Tomlin was the only black coach at one point this season, we just felt it was necessary to really do a full examination so that people can get a clearer picture and not just say, oh, well, yeah, that's, that's just something we just don't really care about. But for the guys who are in the trenches and working hard every week, and hoping they get recognized, it does matter. And we want to make sure that they're seen and that their voices are heard. Michael Lee, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for having me on. How the NFL blocks black coaches. It's in all my social media. It's in today's Smirconish.com newsletter posted on the website. You must read this piece. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on SiriusXM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 